Welcome to the Farm Answers Podcast. The Farm Answers Podcast takes a deeper look at projects funded by the USDA National Institute of Food and Agriculture's Beginning Farm and Rancher Development Program and how they are reaching beginning farmers and ranchers. Hi, Mark. Welcome to the Farm Answers Podcast. Hi, Betty. Great to visit with you. Today, we are joined by Mark Walden, who is with Berea College and the Grow Appalachia Initiative. Can you tell us a little bit about the work that you do? Sure. Yeah, so we're in Berea, Kentucky. So we're in the foothills of central Appalachia, and we serve predominantly the coalfield region. So we're counties that uh, that coal has left from, or there's just some last vestiges of the coal industry. So that encompasses eastern Kentucky, western West Virginia, Tennessee, Ohio, so that entire area there. And we partner with organizations that are embedded in those communities. So we're not this group from outside trying to come in and, and guide people's lives, but those partnerships are critical for us to be that common point between us and and the folks that we hope to serve. Our work is around food security and food production. So we have a few different programs that, that operate out of Grow Appalachia. We've got farmer development work. So that's working with farms that are growing product for income. We worked with gardeners, so folks that are trying to produce food for their kitchen. We have a summer food service program that its goal is to feed school-aged children through the summer and then through any pandemic challenges that we've had over the past few years. They've kind of filled in some space there while kids were out of school. Uh, and then we have a social enterprise which manufactures and installs high tunnels throughout the region. It certainly sounds like there's a real need. You you all received a grant in 2019 to do some beginning farmer work. Can you tell me a little bit then about the project that came out of this? So in our farmer development work, uh, we do a lot of technical one-on-one work with farms in the region. So looking at where their income streams are, uh, what their cash flow looks like, who, who are their customers, and help them prepare for that process. And we found that doing this one-on-one work is really valuable for the producer and the farmer, but it's also really time intensive. So it's, you know, it's hard work, get out there, work with the individual, and then come back and do some planning, a lot of communication. So we wanted to identify a way to fill in the gaps of those first-year farm startups. And so we applied for the Beginning Farmer Rancher Development Grant with uh, USDA and IFA, uh, NIFA to pull a few different pieces together. So we were already doing workshops and field days as a way to educate a larger community or expose a larger community of farmers to some new information. And so we took that and we organized it into a six-month class series. And so folks are able to be in class bi-weekly through that six-month period. And we look at everything from farm relationships and mental health all the way to resource development and production planning. So we touch on a little bit of of all areas of managing a revenue-based farm. That sounds really thorough. You're right. One-on-one is really intensive. It's really important too, right? Because a lot of times when you're starting out, you just need that extra hands-on help. You know, one of the goals was to help folks to maybe reduce the number of mistakes during startup phase. And so those mistakes or challenges will ultimately, if they're aware of it and don't make them, it saves them money on their startup, but it also reduces the stress on the farm when you have a solid plan in place. And, you know, your farm plan really needs to be 
fluid, but also address some interpersonal skills. So if you're partnering with somebody or your partner is part of the farm, you know, what does that communication look like? And so, you know, broaching some of these topics up front with new farmers uh, helps them to start to have that conversation with their partner or business partner and hopefully remove some of the anxiety of developing something that they may be really solid at one technical aspect of production, but there's some other areas that they need to have some experience on and be able to communicate within the farm community. That makes total sense to me. I've done some work like that too when I've been teaching Mm -hmm. and I think it's really, it's valuable work. And I I find that people sometimes roll their eyes a little bit about it, but then once they get done, they're glad and (laughs) they've enjoyed it. Has that been your experience too? Uh, Absolutely. Especially when, you know, one of the the first classes in the session, the first hour of that class is around mental health and, and stress on the farm. And it's the last class that anybody wants to attend. So we start off with that one. But also, you know, legacy. What's your intention for the farm in the long term? Because at some point, you'll leave the farm whether you like it or not. And so thinking about those relationships with other folks in your family and and trying to get some of that that upfront work out of the way, it's documented and you know it's there and move on to the things that you enjoy, the the parts of your business, because you got to love it, you know, to do it. It's hard work. Yeah, you got to be an accountant and a producer and a marketer and and all those things combined. It's a lifestyle for sure. And it's hard to explain it to somebody who's not in it. It is definitely a lifestyle and you really do have to love it or it's uh, it's not going to work. Absolutely. And and that's something we um, that's critical is to work through the goals. You know, is it is it a lifestyle? Is it your main uh, revenue generation for the family? What what's your target? And then we can then work from that point uh, and try to try to provide you the right information to be successful. How many people have attended your programs? So through the third year, we've had a little over 120 folks in our cohort. And then we've had 12 interns on regional farms and then a lot of people at our workshops. So probably close to to 300 over three years. You know, the workshop folks are community members and really sometimes it's even out-of-state folks that happen upon this educational opportunity. So those are a little harder to quantify the impact for. But yeah, we've had a big local group of participants and uh, it's really been a lot of fun to to work with them. That's a, a really nice size number, 120 people participating in the, the six-month cohort that you were describing. Do you have a specific story about how this project helped somebody become a farmer or improve their current situation? Yeah, so there's a lot of those. Uh, and there's some, you know, there's also been folks that have realized through the process that maybe it wasn't right for them at this time. And so I think that's valuable as well. But one thing that comes to mind is um, there was uh, some partners that started the class together, Joanna and Michael, uh, and they were in kind of farm development. So I think they came in for business and marketing support. And we partner with a lot of agencies and organizations in the in the region to help deliver some of those sessions that maybe aren't my, my strong point. But uh, as they came in, I think they came there for that planning piece but realized there was a lot of room for some technical learning opportunities. And so what Joanna did was she applied for the internship program and and was accepted here at the Berea College Farm. 
And so Joanna and Michael were both in the classes. Joanna was working on the farm while they were still planning out their farm enterprise as well. So that first two years, they went through the classes. They went through the internship. They started up a, a farm, Sylvatica Forest Farm, and they are operating a full-time farm business. So they're growing vegetables. They're doing nursery plants, a lot of forest and, and tree farming, producing a lot of health-based, uh, I think they call it an apothecary. So they're doing things like, you know, natural uh, bug repellents or mosquito repellents and salves and all kind of value-added goods. And so I think they've taken a little piece of all this experience. Uh, and Joanna actually worked for Berea College as an employee after the internship. So extended that knowledge or that educational opportunity. But they've taken all these pieces and put them together in a very intentional fashion and it works for them it works for their farm and they've got a great great relationship with the community and people know about them and they know about their farm and uh, so it's been great to be able to see them go through each step of that process and come out uh, what I, I think is at their goal for the farm and continuing to develop those enterprises mark how does a beginning farmer engage with your program uh, they do it in a few different ways Betty. they um so there's an application process for new and beginning farmers to participate, and that's done online. So they complete that through our website, but they're involved in the program uh, either through direct classroom sessions. At one point, it was in person, but also uh, became virtual there for a while. There's an internship opportunity, so the opportunity for new and beginning farmers to work on farm mentor, with farm mentors on their farms, uh, and we try to identify farms that are successful in whatever their area of the market is. And then there's a professional development component, and what that allows us to do is help farmers afford to be able to attend uh, regional conferences. So, for example, the Virginia Biological Farm Conference, uh, the or Organic Association of Kentucky Conference, Ohio Ecological Food and Farm Association Conference. So these are big conferences with a, with a lot of farming experience and opportunity for networking. And so getting these new and beginning farmers mixing in with existing farms that are that are doing well and meeting their market demands and, you know, are able to share what a profitable farm model looks like. And so I think those experiences, one, they, they bring up a lot of great ideas for this new, new and beginning farmer group, but there's also some caution from these, you know, existing farms on how many things you take on <laughs> as a new farmer. And so we're hoping that it helps them focus in on an area that, uh, that they can be profitable in and, and be successful. Yeah, that advice and that wisdom, that sharing of experiences from other farmers seems really important as you're starting out. So what advice do you have for programs that work with beginning farmers? Uh, it's been fun. Uh, <laughs> Good answer. It's been fun. <laughs> so I guess being flexible is critical. You know, a lot of time our new and beginning farmers, uh, they're going to be working all farm as well. It doesn't happen often that a new and beginning farmer just starts out fully employed by their own farm. And so we have to be a little bit flexible in time and content, the amount of content they absorb 
in any one session because we know that they're going to have responsibilities outside of the coursework and the internship work and the experience that they receive participating in the program. I think it's important to get feedback from your farmers, um, your new and beginning farmers, as well as the mentors if you have an internship component uh, so that you can better develop the process uh, and the curriculum for the for the producer, for the farmer. Uh, if it's not delivered to them in a way that they can understand, the language is, is familiar, uh, the processes make sense, then we're not we're not successful at transferring that information. So it's important for us to listen to the farmers and understand what their need and where their focuses are. So we we spend a lot of time initially in the application process trying to uh, narrow some of the lanes that we're going to navigate uh, with the farmers for that particular year, uh, because the focus may shift a little either, you know, more towards specialty crops or, you know, it may swing towards livestock or niche markets. And so we we need that up, that information up front in order to organize our curriculum and experiences with the, with the farmers. We feel like if we don't listen, we're not really giving them what they need. We're not providing a, you know, a, a service that can help them decide whether or not to even be a farmer. That's a really thoughtful approach, though, to look at how you're forming your group. Well, we hope so. And I don't think we're breaking any ground here. Uh, had the opportunity to hear about some other beginning farmer programs that are happening across the country. And, and one of them talked about really leaning into the participants and they, what they really mean is just get in there and listen with intentionality to really understand what they're going through and, and then how we can provide and be the best support service uh, for them. Because this, is, this work is about the new and beginning farmer and making critical decisions early on in their operation that could make or break their venture. Farmers learn best from other farmers, too, so just giving them that time to really express themselves. Well, what, what's your website and social media if people want to learn more about the work that you're doing? So that's growappalachia.berea.edu, and they can find us just by searching Grow Appalachia. I mean, it's um, it's not a common name out there, so you can, you'd can you be able to connect with our social media accounts uh, with, a, with a simple search for Grow Appalachia. Perfect. Well, thanks for joining me today, Mark. I really enjoyed our conversation and hearing more about what you're doing in your part of the country. Wonderful. Thanks for chatting. Thank you for listening to the Farm Answers podcast. This episode was hosted by Betty Burning, produced by Curtis Monken and Jeff Reisdorfer. Listen and subscribe to the Farm Answers podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other major streaming platforms. Tell your smart device to play the Farm Answers podcast. To learn more about this USDA NIFA BFRDP project and other projects, visit farmanswers.org. The Farm Answers podcast and farmanswers.org are funded by the United States Department of Agriculture, National Institute of Food and Agriculture, and are a product of the Center for Farm Financial Management at the University of Minnesota. 